You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? Johnny Heller here, host of the Phillies Nation podcast, coming at you with another episode. The Phillies just beat the Red Sox 13-6. to uh, It's Tuesday night. The game just wrapped up. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, pretty exciting game. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm exciting in some ways, and, you know, the Phillies' offense lit up the Red Sox. So that was exciting. Um, the fact that it is currently 11.43 p.m. isn't exactly exciting. <laughs> that was a super long game. 7.30 starts are 730, brutal. Right. There's, like, there's no reason for a if game it's to be East, at 7.30. If it's two East Coast teams, what are we doing? Like, why is that game mm-hmm. at 7.30? That's yeah. – ridiculous i know atlanta used to be it used to be 735 when they were down in atlanta i think like they finally changed that even on sundays like the 135 start always made me a little mad and then i think was it last year that the phillies moved that to 105 yeah it was last um, year the thing that always bothered me was i don't know if they still do this but all the games in canada like all the blue jays games started at 07 they started at 07 <laughs> like what is that what are we doing here? Every game should be at 7.05. I don't even really like day games that much, to be honest. Agreed. Most games should be at 7.05. I think that's I, the best start. I will time. say I have I've enjoyed the 6.05 starts. They've had a, a few They're of fine once in a while. I've enjoyed them. Um, and hold on. I have another thing I told you I was going to go on a little tangent about. So I have another thing <laughs> just to complain about. What, so I get the history of – Fenway Park and whatever but and I don't even think it's this way for the playoffs like I don't remember it being like this for the playoffs but when the Phillies play at Fenway against the Red Sox and they've done it for a few years in a row now right um the camera angles are always terrible like it is just honestly a horrific viewing experience for somebody who is not in that stadium to watch these games because when they cut away from the standard shot that's like behind behind the pitcher where you can see the pitcher uh, batter and catcher when they cut to what's going on in the field like some of these angles are so bad <laughs> they're either way too close or super far away and it's not fun to watch i was like getting mad at my television because of some of these angles it was it was not good like i don't know if i'm the only one who noticed this but some of the plays, you couldn't even tell what was going on sometimes. Yeah, you know, Ty, some of us are just thankful to be watching baseball, um, not, you know, caught up on the camera angles. I don't know. I don't really notice it. I wish- in, general, in general, the camera angles, like, haven't been great this year because I know they're, they're using fewer cameras and, and everything. Um, but- it's a Fenway thing. It's a Fenway thing because the stadium was built – dumbly like a million years ago so it's not set up for tv they didn't even have tv when they built it so it's not not set up for it which you know they're doing they're doing their best but i was i was not happy with some of the angles i want anyone who has noticed this to let us know hit us up on twitter or in the apple podcast reviews or whatever leave a five-star review with the subject like Fenway Park and just let us know if you <laughs> if you also noticed this because it definitely bothered me all throughout this game uh, and it'll bother me again 
tomorrow or you know when wednesday i guess you'll be listening to this yeah um so i guess we can get into a little bit of baseball now right uh any yeah, other i mean we are a baseball <laughs> podcast um i think we should start off with talking about reese hoskins now first of all so he did hit a home run tonight opposite field just got out um i'd like to say that i know i started uh, or I, I picked Reese Hoskins in the Ring It Challenge uh, run by Ray Dunn, who was on the pod a couple of weeks ago. I know you uh, also selected Reese Hoskins. You yeah, well, he was, given, he, he was given seven points, yeah. and you know it had to be coming eventually. Yeah. So. It, it was a value thing. I, I understand that. And, and uh, I've, been, I've been saying for a while that Hoskins has been hitting some balls really hard lately, and uh, – I think it was about time. I tweeted that, you know, he's beyond due for a home run at some point. Um, he's been getting on base this year, and if he can hit home runs, I mean, that that's the, the prototype. That's the kind of hitter that they want from, uh, you know, from Reese Hoskins. That's the kind of production they want is somebody who's going to get on base at a, at a clip that's approaching 400. Uh, I, I don't know if he's, you know, been – quite close to that number in a full season, but in a 60, 60 game season, I think he could do it. Uh, stay, stay closer in the high three hundreds, closer to 400. And if he can hit some balls out of the ballpark, I mean, that's, that's all they're asking for. Right. Uh, and looks like he's maybe starting to get the power back a little bit. He's been hitting some doubles lately too. So I think that's uh, encouraging to see if you're the Phillies. Yeah, you know, I I tweeted this earlier. The last time Reese Hoskins homered, which I think was I think it was September seventeenth, he uh, another Philly homered in the same inning, and it was Jose Perella. So yeah, Jose, that's a throwback, right I there. Remember, was that the game? That was I think that was the game that like he uh, started. He started. Yeah, and they were basically <laughs> everybody was like, "Why is Jose Perella starting? He wasn't even on the team like a couple of weeks ago," which is a fair question, but the move worked out. Yeah. He hit a home run. Same day as Reese Hoskins. Uh, but, but, yeah, uh, Reese Hoskins, um, I think he's been shooting a lot of balls the other way lately, and I don't know if that's exactly the, you know, the exact key to success for him. Like some people have been saying, I think uh, a player like him should be pulling the ball in the air for doubles and homers. I think that's when he's at his best when he's properly pulling the ball uh, with, with backsmen and hitting the ball, hard fly balls and in line drives into left field and left center. I think that's his strength as uh, what, you know, for his balls in play, I think that's the, the best outcome that, that he could get. Obviously it's not a bad thing that he can hit a ball out to right field. Um, but you know, you, you want him to make sure that he's on time to some of these and he's not, He's not late to some of these baseballs and he isn't, you know, relying too much on letting the ball travel and, and trying to hit it the other way. But nonetheless, he's hitting the ball in into the outfield hard for, for hits uh, as of late. And that's a, that's a great sign. Like I said, because early in the season, he was not hitting too many doubles or home runs uh, while he was getting on base. The, that other stuff was not happening. And if he can do both, like I said, that's a really good player. Yep, I agree with everything you said. Um, 
I think he has looked a lot better the last couple of weeks, and it's starting to. I think he'll start to hit some more balls out, and yeah, uh, he looks good. And um, you know, before we talk about a couple more guys specifically, I think um, you know the la- last time we talked about how you know Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto are tearing the cover off the ball, and it's kind of been not much else from from the rest of the lineup this week. Like the past eight games. I know they got shut by the Orioles, but even in that series, it, it's just been an all-around. Everyone's hitting. Um, Gene Segura, including I, them, including them, it, right? Including those hitting. guys, they they they've kept up. And um, Gene Segura hit a couple. He's hit what three home runs in the last eight or nine games. I, I know he's uh, hurt right now. Um, Hoskins has been hitting. Alec Boehm, who we'll get into a little more later. Jay uh, Bruce has, has been, been hitting. Jay Bruce. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's that guy's gonna hit home runs until he's like fifty. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna have a two hundred batting average and six hundred slugging percentage for the rest of his life. Um, and yeah, I I want to read this because uh, I tweeted it earlier, and I do think it's a little bit crazy just the the Phillies uh, offensive stats from the last eight games. So they're slashing 310, 370, 562, which is a 931 OPS, which is pretty good. They scored 61 runs in eight games, which is seven and a half runs per game. They've hit 17 home runs. So they're they're like the best offense in baseball right now, or, or one of the end. Um, we were talking about this before the, the we started recording. This is kind of what people expected for them last season. Um, and now, you know, it's it's – happening even Andrew McCutcheon I know he hit a home run the other day he he's still not all the way back but even even with that they're scoring a lot of runs and it makes up for (laughs) the shorthanded well not shorthanded just bad bullpen you know yeah um that McCutcheon homer was awesome yeah that was great that was a bomb he knew it was a bomb immediately and uh he's probably the coolest player on the Phillies I'd say He's definitely up there. They have a few, but McCutcheon is like, he's super cool. And just his reaction to that home run in a big spot was, was really awesome to see. Uh, But he's not hitting great right now, but he is also coming off of a surgery and, you know, he, he had a hit today, I believe in Tuesday's game and he stole a base. Right. Uh, So you know, maybe he's getting back in the form. And even if he's just hitting all right and everybody else is going to mash in your lineup, I, I think you can you can deal with that. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that McCutcheon home run for a little bit before we kept going. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned this earlier that Bryce Harper and JT Romuto have both been just unreal, like completely unreal. Um, and that's continued the last week since we last recorded. Um, what I want to know is, do you think that it is sustainable? Um, so I don't know. I don't know if this exact production is sustainable for either of them because they've both been, like you said, like really unreal. Uh, what Harper's done up to this point is even probably like a little bit better than he was in his 2015 MVP season. Uh, And 
that was one of the better offensive seasons that we we've seen has ever happened ever yeah uh, maybe not ever happened ever but any, it's one of the it's a top it, it's the best probably the best offense of it's probably the best offensive season um, post bonds i would say uh, that any yeah. that anybody has put up like it was <laughs> that was a crazy season we said this last episode too so um i don't if there's some precedent for him being this good because, you know, we've seen that MVP season and he was probably going to be MVP again in 2017 before he slipped on a base and got hurt. So he's put up stretches of being really good. I don't know if he'll be this, this good. Uh, he hit another home run again tonight on Tuesday night. But I would definitely not be shocked if Bryce Harper absolutely raked for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be shocked if he won MVP. I wouldn't be shocked if he was, you know, the best offensive player in baseball again over the 60-game season because he is – he's that good and he can be that good. We've known it since he was, what, 15 years old and he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, not to, you know, get too corny or whatever, but yeah, he's you, been – Yeah, it's too late. You're already to get too corny. He's He's been this guy forever. Every, everybody knows how good he can be and uh, – you know, we we've seen it before, so I think I yeah. think he can do it. Who who really knows if he will keep it up? Small sample size to begin with, and then and well, another small sample. It's a small size. it's a small sample size, but uh, keep in mind, and you know, we'll talk about Real Muto in a little bit. The same holds for him. This isn't just you know he was fine last year and he just started tearing the cover off the ball after like August. I don't know the exact date. It was like the August eighth on he was tearing the cover off the ball through the end of the season so this this dates back to the end of last season and spring training doesn't matter i know in spring training this year bryce harper looked locked in um so it it does feel like you know who knows you know if changing teams and all that uh might have impacted him a little bit um to start last season not that he was bad he just wasn't great at the plate but it does feel like he's kind of kicked it in a new gear. And I do think, like you said, I don't know if he's going to have an OPS of, it's like one, a thousand. It's like over 1,100. It's like 1,150 or something. Right yeah. Now. It's, it's around it's, there. It's ridiculous. Um, but I do, I mean, it, it was 1,109, I think, in his MVP season. He looked that good in, in 2017, too. It's a 60-game season. I would not be surprised at all if if Harper keeps this up for the most part. Yeah, um, I could definitely see it happening. Maybe he cools off a little bit, but uh, yeah. this like, this hot start, has it's been so good that even if he slumps for a little bit, like his overall numbers are still going to be really oh, good. The weird thing is he's. it doesn't feel like he's getting that many extra base hits. Like There are, there are dudes with, with 10 home runs right now. Like I, I know – Tatis, it is – was it his 10th or 11th? It was his 10th last night, I think. Maybe 11th. I don't remember. But um, he has – Harper has five home runs, four doubles. Like, yeah, he's he's been producing. It, it, it doesn't feel like he's, um, you know, been hammering the ball, but he's just – he's walking a lot. He's struck out 12 – did he strike out tonight? He had struck out 12 times coming into tonight and walked 13. That's ridiculous. Like – a lot not striking out the plate approach is there he's i don't know i just feel like he's seen the ball really well 
yeah, his yeah. his on base percentage. It's right now. It's higher than it was in his MVP yeah. oh, season. It's like, and it's like almost. 500. It's like thirty points. It's like thirty <laughs> points higher. He had a four sixty on base percentage when he won MVP. Uh, so yeah, he's he's going off. I think he can keep it up. Uh, you know, I don't know if you can necessarily exactly count on him to keep this up, but I think Johnny might have Johnny might have predicted him to win MVP at some point this yeah season. I mean I, I I wasn't alone in that I know like a, a lot of people kind of agreed that Johnny also but, predicted Yoannis Cespedes to win MVP on this podcast and he opted yeah, out of the yeah, season yeah. after a rough stretch so yeah uh <laughs> listen everything I said about the Mets was, was wrong so <laughs> I have to ever address yeah. that again um Real Muto we'll get into that so like I'll start off I think I'm going to read this quote from – it's from an article in The Athletic yesterday, I think, from Matt Galben, Megan Montemuro. He said, I kind of found something halfway through last season, which helped me have a successful second half last season. I just kind of continued that into this season. My swing hasn't really changed over my career. It's more timing and approach space than anything. Uh, for me, hopefully, I figured myself out and the results are showing. So the thing with Real Muto, like Harper, we've seen it before. Like we said, maybe not to this extent, but pretty close. Uh, and it feels like all the tools are there for him to keep this up. Real Muto, it's not really the same. Like he's always been a an above average hitter for a catcher, but he's not a guy who's who's going to be like a top 10, 15 hitter in the league. He hasn't to to this point in his career. Um, so I know I, I sent that quote to you yesterday because I just thought it was interesting. Um, you know, maybe maybe anyone who all of a sudden starts having this kind of success will find something to attribute it to. But, you know, I wonder if, if, you know, real Muto did figure something out and he's just a little bit better, a lot better really than he's, he's been in his career. He has eight home runs this year. I think Um, he's by far the, by far the best catcher baseball in every regard, especially at, at the plate. Um, and like I said, same with Harper. This dates back to August of last year. This isn't new. Um, so I don't know if I think it's sustainable. I don't think he's going to be a guy who can hit 35 home runs in a 162-game season. But who knows? He hit 25 last year. What do you think? Yeah, it feels like he's cooling down a little bit. I know he had uh, that – he had a two-hit night the other night with a yeah, double well, it, it against the like, Mets. But, like, It did double... feel like he was cooling down, like – he had like maybe three or four games without a home run, and then he had two against the Orioles, and then one against the Mets the next night. So like yeah, he, he has been hitting them in bunches. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't expect him to have the highest slugging percentage in the NL like he did or does. I, I don't know. I don't if he's he still. Anymore, but... I don't think he still does. Yeah, um, but I, I don't expect that, and I don't think you absolutely like necessarily need that either from him, like the fact that he's hitting this well is such a huge bonus because when they traded for him, it's not like they expected him to hit like this. You expect him to be a good hitter plus the best defensive catcher in baseball, uh, which makes you like the best or the best overall catcher in baseball because catchers typically cannot hit. And up to this point, he's been one of the better hitters in baseball, which is just a huge bonus. But like you said, uh, he's never really done this before. Uh, over the course of a full season, a little bit at the end of last year. But 
we we haven't really seen this over an extended period of time. And maybe he's gotten better as a hitter, but I don't expect him to stay this hot. Uh, like probably not even anywhere close to this hot over a full season. But if the, if they could keep him this hot, I mean that would be huge right. for the Phillies. We, we had questions whether uh, or not he would be a legitimate four hitter for this team, whether or not they could count on him to hit fourth. And he's done it extremely well up to this point. And I, I think the Phillies would like to be able to keep him there. We'll have to see if he's still going to give them four-hole hitter type of production. But he's definitely done it over uh, the first few weeks of the season. It's already, like, also pretty deep into the season, well, even though what, it just they're started. Nine and, they're 9-9, nine and nine, so, yeah, we're what? Uh, three-tenths of the way there, 30% of the way there. Yeah. Um, crazy. A um, couple more things in the lineup. First, Phil Gosselin uh, came in for Scott Kingery tonight, hit a double, and then a home run. Should he start every day? Right now, he's a better option than Kingery, who is yeah. off to a, just a, a really bad start. He's, he's you know, he's he had – he, he he's said that he didn't want to make this an excuse, but he has felt, um, you know, the kind of lasting effects of COVID-19, which uh, I don't think right. either of yeah. us have ever, have ever had that. So I couldn't really say what that's like, but from everything we've read, like it's a, obviously a very serious thing. Uh, and who knows how that's affecting him on the field, but either way, this, uh, as ruthless or maybe even unethical as this is like the, the on-field play, like that doesn't really matter whether or not he is struggling with this. It just matters whether or not he's going to produce. And up to this point, he really isn't doing that. And I I think it's probably time that, uh, that Phil Gosling gets some more at bats because um, you know, we said with Real Muto that we've never really seen a stretch like that. Well, Phil Gosselin has never really even <laughs> put up. He he had one solid season. I think it was with maybe the Reds, and that was only over like 40-ish games, uh, and he had a pretty solid OPS. But other than that, he's been like a below-league average hitter, I think, yeah. for the most part. And it just seems like they throw him out there and all he does is hit doubles and homers yeah. and he doesn't get out. It's ridiculous. Right. He well, had they another were, they homer were saying tonight. On the, on the broadcast tonight, they were saying how, you know, beginning of July, they don't know if he's going to make the team. And then they had no choice but to put him on the team because he got a hit every time he got up in the uh, scrimmages. And, and then all, now, the, all the hits turned into homers. They were all singles yeah. in summer camp. <laughs> and then he turned him into home runs. Yeah, he's... He's been I, – I agree. Um, I think Kingery – like, I, I agree with what you said. Um, we don't know exactly how having COVID and, and the effects of that might have affected him could be significant, right? Uh, but like you said, if, if he can't hit, then don't put him on the field. And also, I, I do think that there are concerns. There should be at least mild concerns about Kingery in that he's – this is his third season as a major leaguer, and – Outside of maybe a good month or two month stretch in in 2019, he's not played well. Like he, it's not like he ended last year on a good note. He was bad the last three months of, of 2019, and 
you know, Phil Gosselin, who knows, but just put him in the lineup, I think, for now. Uh, give yeah. Kingery some time off. Honestly, I'm fine with sending Kingery down. He's he's just not looked good at the plate. Um, if you know, it's a 60 game season. You got to win ball games now, and and having him, he's not putting up competitive at bats. You got you got to have someone else in the lineup. And if you're not even going to have him have him in the lineup, I don't know if if uh, it's worth having giving him the roster spot. Honestly, I, he's a guy who you need to still develop. So I, I think they should at least explore sending him down to Lehigh Valley. Um, at this point, I with Adam Hazley on the IL, mm-hmm. I think that they probably need him up there because center uh, he's yeah. their center fielder if Roman Quinn would uh, be unavailable. You don't so want I think Jay Bruce in center field? Uh, I don't know if that one would work. So Bryce Harper? Actually, kind of be fun. That didn't really work in 2018 for the Nationals, so I think Kingery's the option there. Uh, but but yeah, but uh, another thing about Kingery is I'm seeing a lot of stuff on my timeline, and I just got something in my replies today about how his his contract it, it plays into this, and he's not living up to his big contract. And I got something in my replies about how his contract makes him untradeable. Uh, even if he's a bench player, that contract is so team friendly. Like that, he yeah. If he's what any is, type of quality player, he biggest... doesn't he doesn't make much per year. Like that contract is not it is not a big contract. And even if he is just a bench player, like that is fine. The, the risk it. in that the risk is in that in that contract is you're paying. In his final year, his final two years, you're paying six and eight million dollars to a 28, 29 year old bench player who can play virtually every position that isn't pitcher, or catcher, or first base, right? Any pitch. And before. listen, <laughs> I think I made this joke last episode. <laughs> Put him out there, uh, but the the upside to that contract is you have a guy who's a second round pick who did have who did show for part of last year a lot of pop and you know, someone who could be a, a above average everyday player, I think. And, and, and as a, to figure out. And, look and at, as someone told Buster Olney, he's Dustin Pedroia with more talent. And 24 or 2024, 2025, 2026, you have a, you have three team options on him. So the upside there, if it's, you know, the Phillies could, all I'm saying is Phillies could trade him if they wanted to. But I don't think it'd be hard at all. about that contract. You're, uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't a, a 33-year-old who they, they signed as a free agent and has been bad and is making $30 million. No. This is a, a young guy who's struggled a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I think there's definitely still value there. Um, speaking of young guys, with value, uh, last thing with the lineup, the Phillies called up Alec Bohm on Thursday. Uh, their top prospect who they hadn't called up because Spencer Howard had already been called up. I think, you know, he, he made some, some nice plays at third base tonight, but overall he's, he also made a bad throw yeah, and, he, <laughs> and there's been uh, his, his throws just, you know, you can yeah, just he's just him. not a, he's not a, he's like not a great third baseman yeah. and he probably never will be. I think it, he's probably like, He's not going to kill you there. Right. But he's not he, – you but, can tell he's not great yeah, at it. But 
watching him at the plate, it's like, why was this guy not up as soon as they could call him up? Why was he not up when they resumed play against the Yankees two weeks ago? You know, he he's good, he's man. Just, like he's, he's a really good hitter. Good. He's, <laughs> he's good. I had never never really watched him just because it's it's hard to watch these guys who are in the minors. I know you you have you covered him in Reading a lot. He's he's really good. Um, great plate approach. He he's you can tell it's not phasing him facing these these guys who are better than anyone he's faced before he he can really handle it um and he's just hitting everything hard and yeah i mean i'm impressed he um i don't he's not like a he's a big guy and but he's not like your typical power hitter uh i think the phillies honestly have a lot of guys that you would consider maybe power hitters that don't hit like the typical slugger, like Hoskins and Harper come to mm-hmm. mind uh, that kind of fit that, that mold a little bit um, like Bohm. Bohm is a little different than, uh, than them in, in the fact that he's not going to hit as many home runs as those guys um, because he, like he just has really good gap power, really good plate approach. Like you said, Um uh, I, I think for the first few years, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he had over 162 games, like he's a low 20s in the home runs, uh, but he just hits you a ton of doubles and, and he yeah. walks and he, and he gets on base all the time. Like that's, yeah. he, he just, he's a good hitter. Yo, that one, one at bat tonight, he absolutely crushed the ball and it was, it was just left of the, of the foul pole by the monster he absolutely or no it wasn't left of the pole it was over the pole like it was yeah uh, it was it was foul the pole, but it was it was foul right um he absolutely crushed that he's gonna doesn't have that first uh major league home run yet but he he will soon and uh i think he should probably hit fifth um at least at least against lefties if not every day um but yeah I, i'm having him in the lineup is big i think he's he's um, just having, so like He's a prospect, but he is so polished. Right, like he is. Well, that's when you when you draft a twenty-two-year-old third overall yeah. from from college. That's kind of what you expect and hope for, and you know it looks looks good so far. Um, Definitely. Let's move into uh, so the today's Tuesday, so the trade deadline. Well, it's actually. 12:13 now so it's Wednesday and anyone listening also probably listening on a Wednesday only 12 days until the MLB trade deadline um I none of us I don't think have any idea how it's going to go there are I, I wrote a, a piece for Phillies Nation the other day on this just about um you know what they might do in the bullpen and, and just how there are so many factors that it does seem like it's going to be pushing this to be a pretty dead deadline like not much going on uh Phillies bullpen obviously not good Blake Parker is the ace of the pen uh it's just you know he's, he's so good uh only guy with a him and Neil Walker are the only two guys with a ERA of zero so far so what do you think I mean obviously they need to get some guys do you think that they make trades or do you think they you know they dumpster dive they find guys who are being BFA'd and released and 
and place on waivers and all that. What, what yeah, do you... I, a little bit, a little bit of all of that. They're gonna f- find some guys that are being taken off rosters. They're gonna uh, do some trades. Uh, like they they made shipping out today. Uh, that was today, right? The Edgar Garcia trade. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it was today. Tuesday. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk about we'll talk about that uh, in a in a second. Uh, they're gonna make trades like that, you know, giving up players to be named later, mm-hmm. you know, giving up cash considerations, and they're just gonna they're gonna cast a wide net. I think just grab all the relievers they can that they think could help the team, kind of like what they did last year. It worked. It worked. So we were texting about this earlier, and and like the the Phillies bullpen heading into last season was supposed to be good, and then pretty much everyone got hurt. Like. Their top guys, everyone other than Hector Neris, what the next five guys, Robertson, Dominguez, Arano, Morgan, Nishek, Morgan. Oh, all that's like the next six <laughs> like or the, seven. Like the entire bullpen. And they just signed these guys. Like they signed uh, Blake Parker, Nick Vincent, uh, Mike Morin, Jared, Jared Hughes. They, they, and, they called a, and they called up Ranger Suarez. Ranger Suarez. Um, P- P- Cole Irvin in the pen, and they listen. John M- Middleton said it at the end of the season press conference last year. If you go on baseballreference.com, they had the they had the fourth best bullpen ERA after the trade deadline last year. So it's like we can joke about that and whatever, and maybe you know the fifth wasn't great or whatever. Or, you know, this bullpen cannot get worse. Like I can't stress that enough. It can't get worse. I mean, it could. It it can't though. They can't. Who like? Even even Jose Alvarez is out here giving up runs. Like everyone's giving up runs. Um, it, it's been embarrassing, I think, for the team. It's it's not a good look that this is what they had uh, heading into the season. Um, and it worked. Like just get just get a bunch of guys. They don't have to be perfect. They can be dudes who have a career ERA of four. Just get guys who can, you know, they throw them out there for an inning. There's more than a fifty percent chance that they don't give up a run. Yeah, this, I agree. This lineup is going to score a ton of runs. Uh, we'll talk about the rotation in a little bit. Uh, it's you know it's not perfect, but it'll eat innings. Just get guys who aren't going to go out there and give up seven or eight runs in an inning. Like Mike Morin might get babbits to to giving up a few runs because he won't strike anyone out with that seventy mile per hour changeup. But you know he's he's solid. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I agree, man. And also, like, I mentioned that Edgar Garcia trade. And when you see them trot out a bullpen like this, and it's honestly, like, kind of just – it's crazy to see how it's been handled. It, things went so badly last year that they had to call up guys that were obviously not ready, like Edgar Garcia and J.D. Hammer. And Edgar Garcia, at least in his slider, like that's a legitimately good pitch. And I think the Rays could make that like – they always just seem to make their guys work. Oh, he's going to be throwing 90% <laughs> sliders. Uh, and he's gonna while, be Dylan, while Dylan Cousins hits 50 dingers. And... But, but it, like they called him up before he was ready. He was predictably not that great. And then he was off the 40-man roster by the next year without, a, without another turn. And when – you see some of these these relievers that they're trotting out that are like 
you know, career triple A guys are just not that good anymore. I, it's just weird to see them give up on, on a player like that because of just things weren't handled the best possible way. And it was a little bit out of their control last year, I guess, because so many people got hurt that they just had to call some of these people up, but it's just not, it doesn't seem like the most sustainable way to handle a bullpen uh, and just doesn't seem like the, the best way to handle it. And, you know, whatever they've done recently, it hasn't really worked as shown by the results on the field. Yeah. I, if the bullpen was, you know, 15th best in, in the majors, I think the team is prob- probably has a couple more wins at least. Uh, but, you know, they're 99. They're, I, I don't know if they're in a playoff spot right now, but the Marlins are not playing well. Uh, and the Phillies are, are right there to grab that second spot and then at least they can um, get the first spot. They can get the first spot too. The Braves are not great, or at least have not been great so far. And and their depth is, I mean, the their rotation depth is not great right now. Um, so yeah, it's wide open. I do think we said this before. It, it would be really really bad for the Phillies not to make the playoffs when eighteen eight teams from each league make the playoffs. Like. They they have they just have to they they cannot go another season. Yep, agreed. Um, uh, you, know, you have you have Real Mito in the last year of that contract. He's getting older. Harper isn't getting any younger. Hoskins, Nola, like Nola's they, just good. Nola's just these. They, but these guys aren't twenty five. Right, no. They're right. not twenty five. Like it's time. It's time yeah, to win. Like take this advantage is of of Nola looking like the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, I guess we can start talking about the rotation. Like, start with him. Another – we talked about it last week too, but another start, he didn't have his best stuff, and he threw, what, seven shutout innings? Yeah. Uh, he is really good right now. He is just on another level. Um, Which is what they needed, but it, that's yeah, honestly – Absolutely. Among, among about a million other things, like that, they really missed that mm-hmm. last season. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. You know, the only thing uh, he was really he's really starting to catch fire at the plate towards the end of last year. From like July twenty seventh on, he was he had a higher OPS than his brother, who's a position <laughs> player. Um, so I was I was looking forward to seeing Nola rake a little bit this year, and um, we won't see that probably ever again. But we were robbed. We were we were robbed of a. Aaron Nola, Silver Slugger, but that's all right. You know, uh, he looks good. Wheeler is Zach Wheeler. He's striking out like four guys per nine innings. It's weird, but it it's working. He's been fine. Uh, he's been getting the job done. He's been better than fine. He's been really good. Yeah, he's been good. He's been yeah. Uh, I think he's one of those. He's a guy who you still hope can make some kind of jump. Maybe this off season uh, can can work with you know. Get him to work with some of the driveline guys in the organization um, just to, to figure out maybe how he can get some more swings and misses. But speaking of guys who, who can get some swings and misses, I mean, let's talk about Zach Eflin, who when he was first called up to the, the majors, he was throwing like a 91-mile-per-hour sinker. Um, and he, he, did, he did have some success early, but it was just because 
he was getting a lot of ground balls and, and striking out like three guys in the game. Now he's, he's out here uh, striking out. I don't know what his, his strikeout per nine is for the season, but he, what he struck out another eight tonight, right? In something like that. Something eight like that. in four innings of work. So his, I think it's the same pace. You, no, it's, it's, so he's got 23 strikeouts in 14 innings, which is, I mean, it's a small sample size, but, and we saw this like in a different, a couple different starts last year. I don't think we've seen this back to back to back like this. He's just striking out a ton of dudes. Um, I know he's been hit around a little bit. Uh, what do you think about Zach Eflin right now? Um, I think he's fine at best. I mean, yeah, he's striking guys out, but at the same time, he gave up four runs in four innings, which is not great, especially with the Phillies bullpen. If you're going to give up four runs and leave the bullpen with another five innings of work, there is honestly, based on the results as of late, a decent chance that the Phillies bullpen gives up another four runs in that five innings of work. So, right. Well, it wouldn't I, it matter uh, tonight, you know? So that's true, but I I don't know. He's like he's like a five. I I think that's what he is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, not that he's like great or anything. Um, I just think there's I I don't know if there's something to work with there that that maybe he could be a little bit better than just a five. Um, it seems like he can't really pitch to lefties. Like that, that sinker or two seam or whatever you want to call it, when he throws it into righties, like that's that's where he's getting a lot of his strikeouts, just like handcuffing guys. Yeah, um, yeah. That he, he did can, have some pitches that like looked really good. If he uh, can, some swings and misses on that that sinker. Sinkers are back, Ty. I just want you to know Stop. that sinkers are back. Stop. Aaron only, Savali. only. So like sinkers are are back in the sense that like. Guys who already throw super hard, and then they'll they'll throw sinkers that'll be really really hard sinkers, and they'll move like a foot into righties. But like sinkers, in the sense that they were talked about like 15 years ago, like guys throwing 87 down in the zone, getting those ground <laughs> yeah. balls. Like I don't know. That's what I think of when I hear sinker. Like of course, yeah. guys that throw really hard are gonna have a good two seamer too. Like there's gonna yeah. be those guys. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I want to see if if maybe Eflin can figure out how to pitch pitch to lefties. Just figure out some sort of because like uh, Rafael Devers killed him tonight. Uh, who's hitting after Devers or before Devers? Back to back doubles. Whatever. Two lefties killed him. Um, I don't know. I I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by the amount of swings and misses he's getting. And the amount of movement on that two seamer, but we'll see. Uh, rest of the rotation, Arietta was he was roughed up a little bit. He, yeah, he looked, he looked good really early. good. He looked really good until the, the wheels really fell off. Yeah, wow. um, which that was just a brutal series uh, in general against the Orioles. Um, who, who are good? The Orioles are good. That is true. Santander is there. No, we're not talking home- about the bank. He hit, he hit two homers. He hit two homers tonight. Right, so he hit two homers tonight. One of them looked just like a, a single to – I swear, it looked like a like an opposite field – or a, a single up to center. 
and it just carried out of the ballpark. I have I have no way to explain it. You just have to see it for yourself. It's the most ridiculous looking home run I've ever seen. But yeah, the Orioles are good, confirmed. They hit. Um, they just hit. Yeah. Uh, rest of the Phillies rotation: Spencer Howard and Vince Velasquez are starting on both starting in in the doubleheader games on Thursday. Yeah. Howard, is, Howard left his, his last start with a blister yeah. issue. It seems like and he, he did not, not look great thing. early. Early um, Cano Robinson Cano who. Uh, editorial director of, of Phillies Nation, Tim Kelly, did remind us today, is back. Robinson Cano is confirmed back. Um, he's back, but he did hit a home run off, off Howard. And uh, I don't know. I think, I think you know, to expect a guy to just come up who's never really pitched against AAA talent to come up and, and dominate the majors is kind of unfair. So he's just going to have to, um, you know, keep – Figuring it out throughout the rest of the season. Um, Cano has an eleven fifty two OPS. Dude, uh, Tim said it. He's back. I didn't realize how back yeah. he was. No, he's he's super super back. Um, as back as they come. Vince Velasquez is what he is. No, nothing really to say about him. They skipped his turn of the rotation. Uh, he pitched out. Of, did he? He ended up coming out of the pen right for a little yeah. bit on Thursday. Yeah, one game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's it. In, in general, how do you feel right now about the Phillies? How they've been playing? How they match up? Feels like the bullpen's getting uh, a little better. Like progression to the mean, honestly. Yeah, like they, they were never going to be that bad. And adding Parker is, I think, big. I think he's good. Um, so the bullpen bullpen can be a little better. Uh, I think this rotation is decent, and I think this offense is really good. I think that. They're going to be a playoff team. I, I'm feeling. I'm feeling like it's a playoff team. Uh, I would be. I would actually be shocked if they missed missed the postseason this year. Yeah, I'd be surprised. It would take just some, whether it be injuries or just big underperformance. Just having having Nola, which we've and, seen from this team before the last <laughs> two seasons. Having Nola and Wheeler um, up there, one and two. It's it's like every time they go out, it feels like the Phillies can win those starts, and then. Um, honestly, just one last thing to touch on before we wrap things up, because this is this just came to, into my head. The first round of the playoffs, it's a three-game series. You have even if the Phillies, even if they sneak in, they're the seven or the eight seed. You have Nola one, Wheeler two. Yes, that's really big. That is that is huge. Yeah, like that probably wins you a series, depending who it's against. Well, depending, if you're playing the Dodgers, yeah, who knows? But even if you're, if you're, an they probably bat. wouldn't be playing because the Phillies, if they were to get in, I would think it'd be as the one as or a, the two as seed. A, yeah, probably. But if you're, you know, in if, the you're division, the seed, I mean. if you're a, if you're a slight underdog, having those guys top the rotation is is going to be really big. And um, who's who starts Game Three if there were to be one? As of right now, I know it's way too early. Uh, who do you think it'll be, and what do you think it should be? I think it'll be Arietta. You know, I think it should be Arietta. Go with go with the guy who's been there before. <laughs> I kind of I, think, like, I also um, think they should kind of you know, quick just, hook have Vinny ready to go yeah. two innings. Right, uh, have 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 all of your guys ready. Hands on, all hands on deck. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? 
any thoughts here? Um, I already got them all out about Fenway Park. <laughs> I got that out early. I, I led with that one. Um, no, I don't really have anything else to add other than the Phillies are playing a lot better baseball. Yeah. And let's, you know, everyone's talking about this today. Let's just say, let, let, let the dudes play baseball. Like, hit a grand slam if you're up seven. Like, come on, guys. Oh, yeah. How, did, have fun. how did I forget that? How did yeah. I forget about that like, one? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the manager, everyone always says how, um, you know, the manager's job nowadays is so minimized. They don't do anything. It's basically pick which reliever is going to come in the game and defend your baseball players. And if you're not going to defend your baseball players, I'm not sure what you're doing out there. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I guess, just leave it at that. Yeah. I'm, I, I would like to see um, both managers, Rangers, Woodward and what's <laughs> Tingler. Tingler. Yeah. You know, two guys who I couldn't have told you either guy was the manager of the respective team this time yesterday. Like, but you know, at any rate, um, I I want to see what reporters get out of them the next couple of days, just because I mean both guys have been absolutely torn apart. I know Woodward wasn't even at the game today because he's suspended because suspended. Yeah, they threw at Machado, but yeah, I mean the Padres are also just a really fun team. Yeah, so. that was Tatis's uh, first time he ever put a three zero pitch in play. <laughs> by the way, and it was a grand slam. <laughs> Absolutely crushed it. Super <laughs> cool. Keep that up. Um, yeah. He's awesome. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome. Great for the league. Great for baseball. Let's not put our young players down. All right. Uh, good? Yeah, we're good. All right. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening to another episode. We will be back next week. Uh, the Phillies have one more with the Red Sox, two with the Blue Jays. And who do they have this weekend? I don't know. We'll let All you right. know next week. <laughs> we will <laughs> tune in next week to find out. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.